the best time of the day show. Another Monday rolls around. Where are we going to go with our podcast this week? Well, I tell you what, tattoos. I've not got any tattoos myself. I don't have any particular thing against tattoos, uh, though I do worry it's a bit like wearing flared trousers. If you had a fabulous tattoo you know, 30 years ago, whether or not it might look a little bit dated now. Uh, it's just just a thought. And also, you see so many terrible tattoos, you wonder why on earth people had them done in the first place. Uh, was it due to strong drink drugs, or they were just ill-advised, or seemed like a really good idea at the time, or maybe they were ill? Not entirely sure. Uh, I think probably, as I'm, I'm not ruling out a tattoo a little bit later on in my life. You know, I'm currently 63, so maybe uh, when I get to 65, I might have one of those sort of his and hers, his and hers tattoos. To the dark lady, Mrs. Lester, has been thinking about it as well. But it's just to make sure you, you pitch it right for the sort of human being you are. But I grew up in the Midlands where you'd have lots of likely lads who'd have things like uh, a zip round their neck with the words cut here t- tattooed on there. Thinking, really, is that such a good idea? You know, do you think that might affect your employment prospects? Uh, when I worked in the northeast in the 80s, there was a punk who had the words dog's flesh tattooed on the top of his head. And I went, uh, this is off, my favourite band, Dog's Flesh. Right, okay. What happens if the band split up or you want to, you know, get yourself, you know, you want to become a a high court judge or something like that? He went, I'll just grow my hair back. Oh, that's fair enough. Any baldness in your family? He went, oh, hang on. He hadn't thought that through. So by now, I would imagine there's a 50-year-old man with Ogfluff written into his male pattern baldness, uh, which must be quite funny. But one of the ones actually which nearly did make me laugh because it was actually just so bizarre was actually seeing she was a teenage girl pushing a pram along the seafront in Hastings. And as she reached in to the pram to get out her Marlborough lights, okay, we're talking a whole stereotype here, that the back of her T-shirt ruched up slightly to see in Gothic, you know, if you're going to do a tattoo, one, one thing that's really menacing is Gothic script, isn't it? That the bottom of her space of her spine in Gothic script were the words, or the word, Derek. One thing you never forget is your first time. You know exactly what I'm talking about. As a virginal 17, 18-year-old, I remember going to a friend of mine's party in this big house, not far from Mallory Park, where the racetrack was. And again, at that age, you're sort of searching for yourself, aren't you? Trying to find out who you are and trying to work out how sophisticated, what your style is going to be and how sophisticated you're going to be and this sort of stuff. Trying to appear older than you are. Because bearing in mind, I've alluded to this in previous podcasts, you know, I was nine stone, five foot six and looked seven. So, you know, in order to offset this, I took to smoking Santoy cheroots, you know, not park drive or anything like that. No, these were little cigarillo things. And we were at this party, and uh, I wandered upstairs looking for the loo. Now, bearing in mind at my age, my parents were probably in their early 40s, as was the bloke's mum who was holding this party. So they were like, you've seen The Graduate. So anyway, I'm wandering upstairs and I see the bedroom door is open and propped up on the pillows in a diaphanous nighty reading a book was the Anne Bancroft figure, this bloke's mum. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, puts her book down and says, hello. I nearly fainted directly on the spot. So I wandered into the bedroom and I, hello, taking a big puff on my Santoy cheroot. 
And she looked at me and I looked at her. And she said, close the door. <laughs> this is, this is it, this is it. We've been waiting for this for ages. So I closed the door and she said, no, you're supposed to be on the other side. I'm not much of a sporting hero myself. Uh, I've never understood uh, sport. In fact, my wife's far more interested in sport than I am. But um, obviously, working in local radio, as I did for so many years, you were actually, you had sport thrust upon you. So therefore, one of the things you had to do was to read the results. And um, so therefore, uh, one of my jobs from time to time was to read the uh, the football results, just as I always found it difficulty uh, reading um, and the racing results, because we used to have them on CFAX, which is this, we used to read them directly off a television screen, which would update the screen halfway through. You would be going, well, in the 2.30 at Kempton, first Foynaven, and then the rest of it would disappear. You just try to try to get the screen back down again. But I knew somebody who used to write out the football results uh, because it was their job to go in and you know hear so and so with a roundup of today's football results. And um, unlike anybody sensible, he didn't write them in columns. He wrote them along the line. So on one memorable day, uh, because you get this big booming declaiming voice because of course people like have big voices on the radio would get and the, the the football results ended with the words Arsenal 5 Walsall 2 Tottenham Hotspur 1 and the awful realization that somehow earlier in the bulletin he'd missed one so therefore because they weren't in columns none of it made any sense whatsoever and he had a team left over at the end and a friend of mine had a theory about the uh, about grandstand cause he used to love watching grandstand uh with the teleprinter because in the old days of the teleprinter this thing would appear the, on your screen and there'll be the little sort of thing twitching on the left hand side of the screen before it would start and then off it would go. And invariably, he said there was always a spelling error at some particular point. And his favourite, which always used to make him laugh, because he used to turn up quite regularly, would be something like Arsenal 4, Sputs 3. You hear the very best things, don't you, on public transport? And a mate of mine was on the train one day, and uh, there were two blokes talking. And they talked about this, that and the other. Then they got talking about music. And, you know, we, we love music in this country. It's marvellous. And also, we have, and as a teenager, I can still remember buying Melody Maker. And I was slightly pompous because the other kids were buying NME and stuff like that. But Melody Maker had a jazz page. That's how cool I was. But there was in very polls every year, you know, for best guitarist and best singer, etc. You know, this sort of thing. And uh, these blokes on this train were talking about guitar players. And one was going, whoa. Well, you're that Eric Clapton, you know. They say he's the best in the world on the guitar. Is that Eric Clapton? And the other goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that bloke from the shadows is no mean slouch either, is he? Um, uh, what's his name again? And there was that sort of search. In Mar Marvin. Uh, Mar Marvin. There we go, Marvin. 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 Marvin Agler, that's right. The best time of the day show is back Monday. Please, please stay. Please stay. Please stay. The best time of the day show is a Loading Zone production. La-di-da. 